You're listening to The Basics of Life with Rob Salvato, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Vista in Vista, California. These are the basics of life. Today on The Basics of Life Conversations, my guest is Pastor Daniel Fusco. Daniel is the lead pastor at Crossroads Church in Vancouver, Washington, and he is one of the most innovative thinkers that I know when it comes to the church and sharing the gospel. In this conversation, Daniel and I have a candid discussion about leading a church in the midst of the COVID pandemic. I think this conversation will be an encouragement to any pastor who hears it and will give some good insight for any Christian on how they should be praying for the leadership of their church as they try to navigate through this difficult season. So now, here is my conversation with Daniel Fusco. Well, welcome to the program, Daniel. Rob, it's so good to be with you and everyone who's taken the time to be with us today. I know a lot of our listeners are probably not familiar with you, but begin by introducing yourself and telling us how long you've been the lead pastor at Crossroads and a little bit about the church and what are the current restrictions that you guys are going through right now as far as church goes in Washington State? Yeah, so, you know, I've been here at Crossroads uh, in Vancouver, Washington, which is just north of Portland, Oregon. So we're like the southernmost town in the state of Washington. I've been here for nine years and I, I've been the lead pastor for eight years. I After I was planning churches in the San Francisco Bay Area and then in my native state of New Jersey before that, but I got invited by uh, Pastor Bill Ritchie, who was the founding pastor here at Crossroads, to be a successor. And you know, God's done such a cool work in my time here. I mean, obviously, Crossroads is an anchor church in our community. Part of the Jesus movement just grew like uh, gangbusters and was invited by Bill to be his successor. And, and it's been a really uh, an amazing, amazing journey. And obviously, with all that's been going on with the coronavirus, it's been a it's been a, an interesting, beautiful, trying uh, season. And so so right now, um, you know, the current restrictions in the state of Washington is, is my county is in what they call phase two. And so uh, what phase two means is you can't have a gathering of more than 200 people, assuming that that's 25 percent or less of a room size. And so uh, as a church, Crossroads, has we have still have not had a gathering yet in four months. Wow. And, you know, I pastored up in Oregon for almost five years, not that far from Vancouver. So I'm very familiar with the church, great church there, uh, new bill. And I have to say, you know, it's remarkable what the Lord has done there, you know, in this transition and and with you. And, you know, you, you couldn't pick two people that in many ways would seem like, at least on the outward, polar opposites as you and Bill Ritchie. And yet God has done an incredible, incredible work with you there. And I can't believe it's been eight years. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I guess they say time flies when you're having fun, but (laughs) it is true. I mean, Bill and I, uh, we always joked, I always joked that Bill is like a regal statesman. Yeah. And I'm like the regal statesman's funky nephew who you hope doesn't get in trouble. And so, but God has just done such a beautiful work. I mean, you hear so many stories about transitions in church leadership, especially really large ones or anchored churches in a community that they have a tendency or a reputation for always going really, really bad. And, and yeah. our God's grace was upon 
our transition bill is still a part of Crossroads, although not the, the lead pastor. His family is still a part of Crossroads. And, you know, it, in the time that I've been here, not only has, you know, the church not been destroyed, it's just blossomed in so many ways. And Bill is a, a great champion of that. And I love to remind everyone that I get to stand on the shoulders of such an amazing leader and teacher and friend and mentor to me. And so it's really a quite unusual, but really awesome experience to be a part of. Yeah. It's been a real, real blessing to see. And you're right. A lot of these transitions don't go well. And it's been so neat to see how well this one has gone. And, you know, today, Daniel and I, we are talking about pastoring and leading in the midst of the coronavirus. And as I mentioned in my intro, Daniel is one of the most innovative pastors that I know. And I really have a lot of respect for him. And I just learn from him. And I really enjoy just watching and seeing how he's leading. And so I invited him to come on the show today to talk about this. I'm hoping this would be a great encouragement to any pastors that are listening, as well as those of you who are parishioners, that it would give you some insight on how to pray for your the leadership of your church. But Daniel, I want to begin by just talking about church online, because Crossroads has always had a very strong online presence, even before all this happened. And are you guys meeting yet in person? Yeah, so we're, we're not meeting yet in person. We're hoping to be able to begin to meet even within our kind of phase two restrictions within a couple of weeks. But a lot of the reasons why we didn't need to try and rush or, or back into, into gathering, because we wanted to place the health and the safety of our church family as the highest priority, was because of the, the digital strategy, the online strategy that we had been using now for years. I mean, I think we started streaming our services online probably about seven years ago and had just made a commitment to the digital uh, ministry as a strategy simply because there's people there, you know, and I always think that, you know, so much of what Jesus has done, Jesus, you know, John chapter one, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why did the word become flesh? Well, because there's people here and Jesus is on a rescue mission. So we had made an early decision that we were going to try and bring the gospel to where people are. It's the same reason, you know, I always joke with people, like, I, I have a TV ministry, even though I got a face for radio. <laughs> but we have that because everybody, like, I, if, if you go into a church congregation, say, now, how many of you know people who will never go to church? Right. And everybody raised their hands. They say, okay, he deals hands up. How many of those people have a television set or an internet connection? Put your hands down. And you watch everyone's hand go down. So even though we might not be able to get people to go to church, to join us in our buildings, we've just taken the position we're going to bring the church to people. And the online platform, the digital platform, just like TV or these other things, even if someone doesn't go to church, you can bring the church to them in a sense, bring the gospel to them through that medium. Yeah. So you've always been, I love that heart that you're looking at, Hey, there's, there's people, there's a harvest out there to be reached. And this is a means and a way to do that. Let me ask you this prior to the coronavirus um, pandemic outbreak. Do you have an idea of how many people were viewing your services online? Yeah. So for us, before the coronavirus hit on a normal Sunday, Live streaming our services as they were happening, we were seeing about 10,000 people a weekend. And just to put it in context, not that the numbers are all that important, but on a normal weekend at Crossroads, we have about probably about 4,000 bodies on campus. And so we were about two and a half times the size online than what we were in person. Okay. And then what is it now? 
we've doubled that number now. So, and in a lot of ways for us, because I always tell people like we use digital as a strategy. Yeah. It's not like we're, you know, it's just a strategy that we used. And so because of our inability to gather in person, we just devoted our energy to bringing online a number of things that we were already like, hey, when we get some bandwidth, we're going to do that and we're going to do that and we're going to do that. And so what we did, we just kind of fast tracked a bunch of upgrades that we wanted to do for our online campus, our digital strategy. We just we just fast tracked them because we didn't have we couldn't do some of the other things that we would normally want to do and, and would do. Right. Now, let me ask you this. In the midst of this whole pandemic what have been, you know, for you as a pastor and for even for you guys as a church, but I'd love for you to speak to this as, as a pastor first, but what have been some of the struggles that you've been dealing with and going through in the midst of all of this? And then, you know, I know your personality, you, you know, what, what have been some of the things that have been exciting to you about this whole thing? Yeah. So I think for me personally, the biggest struggle has been, you know, I got into the ministry because one, I love the Lord and he called me, but also because God loves people and I'm called to serve them. And I think for all pastors, even the least social pastor or the least, you know, gregarious or extroverted pastor, not being able to see and interact with my church family face to face has been very challenging for me. You know, my, you know, you know me. So my personality is like, I'm a raging extrovert. I just love people, (laughs) you know, and and being able to walk with them through life, you know, like at Crossroads after all of our gatherings, I come on out into our, we call it our family room. We have a huge lobby and, and I just love to pray with people and talk with people and laugh and tickle the kids. And, you know, and so that has been very strange for me because, you know, in a lot of ways I say I'm in ministry because of Jesus, but Jesus is so for the people. And I just love my church family. And so that's been, it's been a hard adjustment for me. I mean, I love my bride and my kids and I've gotten to spend so much great time with them and praise God, no one's gotten sick. And, and so that's been wonderful and I'm grateful for that, but I just really miss the church family, you know? And so for me, that's for me personally, I think for us as a church, I think it's, it's the same thing that, you know, we have always said that, that we shouldn't just go to church. We should be the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's not like we should be the church for 90 minutes on a Sunday. You know, we should be the church 168 hours every week. But because the the centrality of the the family gathering, the church gathering for worship and teaching, when that is removed, it, it becomes very disorienting for everybody. It's very disruptive. And so I think for our church family, like, even though our church had been very much used to their, they have a sick kid, they watch, they're a part of online. Even, you know, they're traveling, they can't be here, they, they watch online because we've had that for so long. Making it a digital only as opposed to digital is just one component of what we do. It took us a little time to make that turn, but we did. And so, so that's what's been the struggle. I think what's... Let me just interrupt I, you for one second. And just to prepare you, because I think one of the things that's the next struggle that is going to come once you do open up is just the fact that there are going to be people who don't want you getting close to them. So as you're wanting to interact with them afterwards, like they're going to just be buzzing by to get, you know, out of there because they're still leery. That has been one of the strangest things in dealing with since we've been open now about five weeks. And so just get ready for that, bro. All right. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so strange. I tell somebody, I'm like, like I am the least physically distanced person I know. Like I'm all Italian from New Jersey. So like I grew up with like everyone's in your face, hugging you, kissing you, 
And so I'm always like, man, like me being socially distant is super weird. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta pray for me with that. I will. will. (laughs) All right. So what's exciting to you though, in the midst of all this? So for what's exciting for me in the midst of all this is this is not shocking to Jesus. Yeah. Right. And so like, so I fundamentally believe that if, if somebody believes in Jesus, then hope like abide these three faith, hope and love. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, so I can only say, I know that my Lord knows exactly what's going on. Nothing happens to us that is outside of the scope of how he works. And so obviously there are amazing things he wants to bring out through all this within his people. And so for me, I've just, I haven't even had to fight for hopefulness. I just realized like my Bible points me to, you know, all these things work together for good for those who love God. So there's certain things that God wants to accomplish in the midst of all of this that I think for me as an individual, for my church family, for the people of God as a whole, God has good fruit that he wants to bear in our hearts and as we abide in Jesus. What is making me a little nervous is because it's been so disruptive, I'm watching lots of people who believe in Jesus. They're not abiding in Jesus, Mm -hmm. and they're caught up in, in all of the angst and the aggravation of our culture. And for me, I think that will also be the way the enemy uses what God means for good. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy in the midst of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things I'm seeing as a pastor is a lot of people right now who are just so temporal focused and not eternally focused. And they're just only focused on, you know, when can this end and when can things change? And so they're missing what God is really wanting to do, you know, and uh, yeah. but that's such a good word that you mentioned is that, you know, God is, this is take Jesus by surprise. And he, he has a plan. He's wanting to do something, you know, in all of our lives through this. But I have to be honest, you know, Daniel, that for me personally, as a leader, one of the things that has been the hardest, I guess, in this, this whole thing is having vision, you know, as leaders, we have vision and we're always thinking ahead and we're always thinking about, you know, where does God, you know, what does he want to do next? And where does he want to take us? And, you know, because things are changing all the time, I have had the hardest time in planning ahead and having vision and being able to focus on, cause I just don't know. I mean, you know, I think this is going to happen and the opposite, you know, happens. So I'm just wondering how you and your team are navigating that aspect of all this. Yeah. I mean, it's a great question in answering it. I don't want to, you know, in any way come off like, I mean, like, Oh, I got this thing dialed down. So I, I think for me, what's really helped me is we began to divide our thinking into three categories what's now, what's next, and what's later. Right. And so, because, you know, I fundamentally believe that limitations have the potential to be the best vehicles for innovation because there are limitations. And so, you know, obviously, like when all of a sudden everyone's, you know, they're stay-at-home orders and everyone's under quarantine and all this stuff is going on, immediately we had to say, okay, so all the stuff that we were going to do, we can't do any of that right now. And so because we can't do any of it, what can we do? Mm-hmm. Right. And so we started focusing on what are we doing now? Right. Like what can we get accomplished right now, given the parameters that we're given? And so that helped us to break apart like, OK, what are we and if we're making a decision, is that just for now or is that for later? So so we have what's now. And then for us, what's now is what can we do right now, given the parameters we had? So like I said, like so automatically we 
we fast-tracked a bunch of our upgrades to the digital ministry. We actually rolled out seven days a week of content for the Crossroads family and anyone who's following us on digital. We called it Brighter Every Day. So mm-hmm. like there was – because we had all this archive stuff. So we're like we need to feed people. People are only going to be accessing us digitally, so let's just give them seven days a week of content. We did that. We started to call everybody in our in our church database. As a staff with volunteers, we started calling and saying, hey, listen, we just want to see how you're doing. We want to pray with you. Is there anything you need? Any way we can serve you? So we just like we, – we, we had never really done that before, but we mm-hmm. started doing that because it was what can we do now to bless and stay connected with our church family? Then we started looking at what's next. And so obviously with, for all of us as pastors because – the situation is fluid, we have to start to begin to prepare. Like when we can take this next step, what are we going to do? And so we started making decisions for given the guidance we're getting, this will be our next step. And then when this happens, we can do this. When this happens, so, so we are trying to think ahead, but we realize that it's a little bit dodgy because we don't know exactly how it's going to adjust. And then the third category is what's for later. And I think fundamentally for all of us, you know, pastor or, or non-pastor, all of us, there are long-term goals that we have that the coronavirus can't really break. Like, like I want to become more like Jesus. That's a long-term goal. I make decisions today about that. I'll make decisions tomorrow about that. The coronavirus has no impact on that. As a husband, I want, I want to be a great husband. I don't just want to be like an adequate husband. I want to be a Christ-like husband. Mm-hmm. So the coronavirus doesn't actually impact that. As a father, right, as a pastor— I look at all these different areas of my life. And so for, for Crossroads, there are things that are long-term goals that we have as a church that the coronavirus doesn't even touch. It just kind of changes the way we're attacking three months or six months or nine months. And so by for me, the vision was helpful. I needed a vision for the moment given the limitations we had. I needed to create a vision for what's next, which is once things start to open up, how can we get at the things that we're called to? And then – keeping in line, these are my long-term goals, my what's later goals that I need to not undercut by the decisions I make in the present or for the next phase. Hmm. That's a great approach. And I remember a month or so ago, you shared that with me and it was really, really helpful. I think the thing that has been a little bit challenging on, on our end is just seeing you know, things start to move in one direction and then our government pulls us back, you know, several steps. And so we go from, okay, we're at what's now and now we're heading into what's next and now we're going back towards what's now. And so it's uh, been a little bit challenging in that regard. And um, well, and it's like what Pastor Chuck Smith said, right? Like blessed are the flexible or yep. they will not break. And I, and I keep telling people, I'm like, you know, when you're, when you're flexible, you won't break, but you will get pretty sore, <laughs> you know? And, and so, and I think what you're talking about is that in the flexibility, cause you're trying, like, I think as believers, unless something is so egregious that we have to be, we have to practice civil disobedience in the name of the Lord, yeah. you know, but other than that, we want to be good citizens. You know, I think, you know, we want to be salt and light. And, and, and so, you know, I think, but I, but I think that's just a great reminder that like being flexible, it's a choice that we make, but it will make us sore from time to time. And, and we definitely had that. We were supposed to open up uh, about a week ago when we were recording this because we, we expected we would move into phase three. All of our our numbers were lined up with what our, our state government said to be able to move into phase three. We felt really comfortable with opening given the, the, the people number caps in our building and all this thing. And then sure enough, they not only didn't move us into phase three, they put a two-week pause on anybody moving phases at all. 
And mm-hmm. so like right away we're like, oh, okay, we can't do that right now. And so it does make us sore a little bit. Wow. Well, you know what, Daniel, we have about three minutes left in this segment, and then we're going to continue this conversation on our podcast. But I want to just end this time by having you give a, just a quick word. What, what advice and encouragement would you give to pastors right now trying to navigate this time? So what I would encourage to pastors and really to everybody is I always like to say that we love the outcome, but God loves the process. Mm. So like we, we want to get to the, to the culmination of this. We want to get back to normal, you know, uh, business as usual, whatever the words we use for this. But what I'm learning every day is that God is interested in transforming us in the midst of the process. So I don't just want to get to the whatever the wrap up of COVID-19 is, I don't just want to get to the end. I actually want to walk with Jesus and let him transform me in the process. So one of the things that I've just really been kind of holding on to is that I don't, I don't want to be the same after this. Mm. I think God, he wants to use these things to make us more like Jesus, to transform us. And oftentimes, I don't know about you, God does his most substantial heart surgery in my life not on the sunny days when everything is easy, but on the challenging days when everything's kind of jacked up. And this has all been pretty jacked up, I'd say. And so yeah. I'm just saying, like, God God loves us, and he loves us just as we are, and he loves us too much to leave us like this. And yeah. so he, he brings circumstances and things into our life that if we're willing to abide in him and let the Spirit do his work, and we don't resist it, but we surrender and trust him, He's transforming us. And I think that's exactly what God is doing in me and trying to do and wants to do in all of us. And so my job is to just stop being a rebellious kid, stop throwing a temper tantrum, stop getting frustrated and just trust, obey and praise him. Amen. Amen to that. Well, that's going to conclude our discussion for this time. But Daniel and I are going to continue this conversation and you can find it on our podcast, The Basics of Life Conversations, and look for part two with Daniel Fusco. Thank you for listening to our show. The goal of this podcast is to bring you meaningful conversations that are meant to inspire, enlighten, encourage, and bring hope. Our show is produced by the awesome team at His Productions, and we are also a part of the Good Lion Podcast Network. For more Christ-centered content, I would encourage you to check out their website at www.goodlion.io. Well, I'm Rob Salvato. Until our next conversation, remember to keep the basics of your life simply Jesus. These are the basics.